Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Julian. I'm here with my co-host, co-producer, Small Town EP at Live from Small Town Studios. How's you, how you doing, bro? Back in the States, you know what I'm saying? We were supposed to link Monday, but the jet lag still, or Thursday, sorry, but the jet lag still had me. Um, but, you know, I've got over that, got out of its clutches, and we good. We here, we live, man, in full effect. It feels good to be home, as a wise man once said. <laughs> understandable and we appreciate you you know for even keeping the streets tapped in with what's going on you know with in the sports world while you're on vacation with wife and all that like we appreciate that so uh if you're tuning in man appreciate you listening if you're listening uh you know a couple of days later on spotify apple music soundcloud wherever you get your podcast we appreciate you as well um week five of the nfl is is halfway you know there's there's one more half of football until it wraps up it's 9 40 here on a monday night on the east coast and um beautiful time in new york city if i could just kind of open with that it, it's an october 9th obviously fall has been here for you know about two weeks two and a half weeks now and we're starting to feel the effects it's, it's, it's setting up to be a cold winter if you ask me i'm not from the northeast or the north at that but um man I, it got chilly over the weekend after oh, yeah. a day of like warmth and you thought it was going to be warm and then it just got, you know, really cold and, uh, you know, awesome. It was great, but it's always better to be prepared for the cold than, than being in shorts outside thinking that Saturday night was going to be, you know, kind of, kind of warm, but, uh, good weekend. Nonetheless, on my end, Antoine and Don, for those who are OGs know that Ant po uh, popped up on me in, in New York. So shout out to him for that. He was oh, here. Yeah. One third less no more profit. Exactly. So he got back home, and you know everything's going good. Uh, since we've spoke, EP, there have been multitude of things. I mean, Jonathan Taylor got signed, right? Uh, after after a long off season and training camp of what ifs and and I guess shade being thrown from both directions. Um, basketball started to you know the other night preseason basketball so we got guys back on the floor um there was a media day thing with jimmy butler <laughs> and his new look for the day <laughs> uh, you know and, and some and some and some football things like the hurricanes having one of the worst meltdowns in the last minute of a game that you could possibly think of in program history so we'll talk yeah. about all of that again if you are listening right now we appreciate you go ahead and like on youtube and subscribe to the youtube Follow us on Twitter at ATS Pod and on Instagram at ATS Pod Official. You know the vibes. It's 54 degrees, and I'm feeling like it's fall baseball in the air because I wasn't feeling like fall baseball was in the air until EP had to remind me, like, bro, what you talking about, bro? Look at the what? Turn the Braves game on. And so I pay attention, and he told me that there were, you know, Braves just went up in the ninth, ended up getting the win. Are they up 2 0 or is tied up 1 1? They are. I was looking up some football shit right now, but I can pull it up. I believe briefly. Philly won on on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. It's one one, yeah. So it is one yeah. one. It's one Philly one. Philly won Saturday, and so we got a good series out there, and and that's best of five first round DS. Uh, so Whew. speaking of good series, best of five, Dodgers look like they're they're about to go down 0-2, and and clearly it's just the second inning now, but. I just checked this. I'm actually watching the game right now, and it's three zip in the top of the second. So oh, you got second. one out, and 
I mean, if you watched any bit of the game on Saturday, the Dodgers, I mean, they came out and embarrassed themselves, put on a pitiful playoff performance, and and Kershaw, one of his worst outings in his career, Ooh. let alone in the postseason. Um, and this Arizona Diamondbacks team, who much like a lot of, not a lot of, there are a few, there, there are a few other teams in this postseason that are uh, lower to inexperienced, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And a team like Arizona, who can go up right now 2-0 on the Dodgers and take that back home and just have to win one more game out of those two that they got at home, I mean, that puts ample amount of pressure on the Dodgers uh, as a franchise, you know, getting Freddie Freeman, having all the money, wanting a Shohei Otani, you know, in free agency and, and things like that. That and, and Dave Roberts being their manager because he's going to be at the head helm, you know, at the helm of this. When anybody looks at anything, what went wrong, it's going to be Dave Roberts first. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. However, what I wanted to bring up was that with the inexperience I think will bring for good series, especially even this one. If the Dodgers go down 0-2, I still see a world where the Dodgers come back and win three straight games versus division rival um, because of the lack of experience that a team like Arizona has in the postseason. And the Dodgers have always been the better team, you know, typically. They've just always been the better team. And that's just in general. Like, they've been better than damn near the whole MLB for the last 10 years. Um, They're not going to be phased going into Arizona game three, you know, have to win. It's not going to feel like, obviously, there's the game seven elimination thought process, but there isn't the game seven, like, like, pressure. I don't think they're going to, there is, but I don't think they're going to feel the game seven pressure because they have been in tough situations. They do have the talent. They have battled through adversity at times. And, you know, I mean, right now it's something they have to figure out or else it's just going to keep getting worse. But I still think the Dodgers can figure something out. There's still eight more innings of this game or, you know, about about uh, yeah, seven, seven and more third. innings of this game. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to be. Anything it, else for this intro? I feel like I've been trying to just get off the <laughs> intro. But, you know, I, I'm glad that uh, – postseason baseball is as electric as it is because it kind of just gets you. Facts. I mean, once you turn it on, you're like, all right, you know, I, I told you honestly, I didn't feel the vibes. I didn't feel the vibes for baseball season. I was like, you know, I, not baseball season, but the postseason. I'm like, I mean, I know it started a, a week and a half ago, but I wasn't a fan of the, the wild card series. I'm a fan of the wild card one and done. One and, and done. I feel like when the one and done, there were like a three-year stretch where the games were just amazing american league national league all the wild card games were like holy shit you know putting on so now i mean obviously it's still you're trying to make the players like to play in and shit like that but it's like i don't know the electricity just kind of went down a little bit and that's just my opinion um i've always been a fan no yeah i've always been a fan of playoff baseball it's gonna like i was just saying it's gonna be a dogfight with these teams um like the rangers that I mean, really aren't supposed to be here. Uh, again, I said Rays in the World Series, and we all saw how that turned out with me. Um, teams, like, like I said, teams like the Rangers that apparently have a depleted bullpen right now. Not apparently, because they had, do have a lot of injuries. It's, it's documented. It's there. They're, they, they have a long list yeah. of injury reserves. Yeah. Um, and, and at the wrong time. At the very wrong time. But it looks like, you know, it, the, their competitiveness and their hunger is just there. Another team with the Diamondbacks that, you know, just was able to sweep the Brewers when everyone had the Brewers in that series as well. It, uh, you know, so it's 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 
turning out to be to look looking like it's going to be a, a a good postseason for the MLB, man. Yeah, and just the fact of new teams being in the postseason, I I think is exciting. You know, you you look at uh, Arizona, you look at the Rangers, you look at the Orioles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the Twins. And so it, it the just fucking twins, bro. That's they, weird. <laughs> they hadn't won a playoff game before they won, you know, last week. In, oh shit! I don't know how long it, it was. A, it was a really long time ago. So just to see kind of the shift in the league, and this is after EP. We have to keep it in mind that this is after they implement new pitching and hitting timing rules, right? Like, look at and what it did to the too. sport. That too. Look at what that did to the sport. It it gave us a, a new a new pool. There's like, all right, well, adapting wise, these are the teams that were able to adapt and and maintain throughout the 162 games. Um, the ones that were good are still good. You know, those guys are just truly good teams. And you know, but I feel like a lot of the pitching effects and changes in uh, you know baseball is very routine. So changing in the routine. It, it kind of messed with some guys, and and it did. this is kind of a result of that. So I shout th- out to I think that also. Mm-hmm. I think that also separated, um, you know, the cream, the cream of the crop from you know the motherfuckers that sink into the bottom. Like okay. this season, yeah. you really had to be talented. You really had to have had yeah. worked on your game. Had to have been agile. Had to have been quick. You know, had to have been on your toes. Like it really forced you know players to work and it, and it also was a, a rude awakening for a, a lot of other players you know you think about a guy like sandy alcantara who the pitch clock just wasn't you know wasn't kind to him at all and unfortunately as we know he's having tommy john surgery he's out for next year completely you know so it, it was good for some players it wasn't as great for other players um but i think overall it definitely um it it, it it widened, you know, it, it widened like the playoff, obviously, picture. Like you said, mm-hmm. there's teams in here that, you know, we haven't seen in the playoffs in a while. Like the Twins you just mentioned, they've tied 1-1 yeah. with a heavyweight like the Astros. Like, it's yeah. it's 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 not looking like washes. No one's getting swept right now. Like, right. it's looking, right. you know, it's looking good. Well, the Dodgers better fucking pick it up because. <laughs> yeah, I take that back because the Rangers are up 2-0, too. If they're going the way that they continue to go, they're getting swept. But I do believe, you know, with the talent they have, there's, there's, that just, it's, it's close to impossible to be swept out the first round after the season they had. Like, I, that would be, you have to just start from the top and going across, across the accountability list. Like, I mean, it's uh, arguable to say that about the Orioles and uh, (laughs) they're going to Texas down 2-0 right now. That doesn't look pretty. It don't, and that's another inexperienced playoff team. So, and and those are two games they lost at home, right? So, yep, 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 yep. Well, that's the AL East winner. The AL <laughs> East loser, as far as the lowest in the division, was the Boston Red Sox, and we fired our pitching coach. Um, and and I posted that. I sent it to my dad and my brother-in-law. Shout out to Rav. Shout out to Pops. Uh, and Araf was like, did he deserve it? I said, listen, man, I won't tell you specifically yes or no. Why not? Why no? I do believe so. Uh, we were last in the division, right? Something's got it. Something's got to get. Yeah, and has to fall when, a team like, when a team like one of the best teams in the league, uh, by record, I'm not sure. Did the, did the Dodgers finish the best team in the league or who was the best team in the league? Was it the Braves? I'm not sure. Uh-huh. But 
they've got to be a top five team this year. And for them to, you know, be at the verge of getting swept or playing at the level of where you look like you're going to get swept out the first round is it's, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Just for the record, it's, it's Braves, uh, Orioles, Dodgers, top three teams in the league. Wow. Orioles went to two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what's going on, you know, what's going on. You lose two home playoff games. Did, Did the jitters hit, you know, like Texas, Texas is a good team though. And Texas is a team that we talked about, man. Uh, we we mentioned them mm-hmm. back in April when mm-hmm. we were like, yo, listen, Trevor Simeon looks like he's going to have a good season. Corey Seager was an amazing signing. And the Jacob DeGrom thing didn't work. It, it, it didn't necessarily work out for them the way they, I, I imagine, thought it could be, you know, this mega star, mega signing. But they figured it out. And, they uh, did, it, man. And the Rangers, I mean, when you – when you have people like, you know, Dane Dunning coming off, Nathan Evaldi also, you know, your old homie. Nasty um, Nate. <laughs> he had, I was not going to say like a great year, but he had a, a super productive year. Solid seven out of, seven and a half out of 10. I mean, 12 and five with a 3.63 ERA. He uh, he did his thing. Dane Dunning was doing his thing early. Um, I mean, even Jordan Montgomery, who I have, I, I take any chance I get to shit on the man after what he did <laughs> in New York. <laughs> Um, and even a, even a, a guy Jordan Montgomery came in to Texas in the middle of the season, if I'm not mistaken, and and made a difference as well. I mean, he he won him a game uh, right. in uh, in Tampa Bay. So, yeah, yeah, you know. What's the uh? What's the uh? So it's one one in the Phillies game. Mm-hmm. 2-0 in Texas. Uh, well, 2-0 going back to Texas in the Orioles-Rangers uh, matchup. Um, obviously, we just mentioned that Arizona's up 1-0 uh, with that live game right now. And the Twins are tied 1-1. That's the other one. I'm, Twins in Houston tied 1-1 right now. Um, going go. back to Minnesota tomorrow afternoon. Nice afternoon, Tuesday afternoon game, 4 o'clock East Coast time. How do you got? How do you got the rest of these series shaping out? What are you looking at? Um, also, I mean, I mean yeah. for what it's worth, and out of respect, we can talk about the Marlins' short-lived playoff, you know, um, <laughs> you know, birth, <clears throat> embarrassment, you know, as far as how good of a season they had and solid they played for them to come out so flat in the postseason. The Phillies are one of the best teams in the National League, and that division is tough. Um, so it's understandable that they lose the series in the wild card. But the performance, it didn't back up, you know, the the, the confidence and, and the swagger they played with all season long. So it was pretty uh, disappointing to, to, I'm sure, a lot of South Floridians. Also a division rival. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. You're playing that team 17 times a year. So one of y'all got to, you know, game plan the right way. And the one that does... And to, you know, ultimately, will win the regular season series more than likely. And if you see them in the playoffs, they probably got your number there too. And uh, you know, that's that's kind of how the cookie crumbled. That's all she wrote for that for that one. Yeah. Um. Listen, NFL season. I want to talk about it. Basketball is back. There's not much for me that I'm uh looking at right now. And preseason basketball. I'm ready for them to get back on the court end of the month. Um. Cause right now they're just getting their feet back under them. You know what I mean? It's, it's, oh, yeah. you know, football for me is, 
and clearly you want to see the rookies in the 20 something minutes they play you know uh but basketball isn't as much of an i mean to some regard obviously to some regard it is you can evaluate as much as as football but like preseason football is so much more meaningful because you don't know exactly who's going to be on the team and how the makeup of the roster is going to look there's so much more fighting for position battles um throughout training camp and preseason football uh where there's like a three-week thing for it and 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 Mm -hmm. but NBA, you do want to see the rookies and the young guys developing, and you want to see who who's going to become a rotation guy. Um, but at the same time, they're also just kind of trying to get their feet back under them and stuff like that. So, uh, and basketball, to be honest, man, dudes don't be going hard as hard as they do in December as they go in October. That's how I feel about it. Obviously, I'm not I'm not saying or discrediting the effort being put in, like. Uh, like in practices and and you know in the games that they're not trying, but like I feel like they're just they just turn it up another level. Come later in the in the you know they also have like a second win to them. They're like back in shape Facts. now. They're fully fully in that bag. It's getting tight, so it's like all right, boom. But I feel like there's a little cruisy coasty vibe from October to January or late December. You know that's and that's me. That's me. But uh. The NFL season is 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 right at that point of like the plane taking. Here we off. go. Yeah, you ever ride the, the Hulk at uh, at uh, Anzo Adventure? <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Yeah, That's what it feels like. <laughs> um, it's also Breast Cancer Month, so yeah, word. I do the for Breast Cancer Month. It um, is. Always want to spread love and awareness. Um. With football season coming through the end of week five, the Packers and the Ra- uh, Raiders are playing in a good game right now. It was halftime. I'll, I'll put it back on ESPN. I wanted to have our little stream on so that just in case, you know, I, oh, I see a comment in there. Shout out to Brill. Shout out to Sean. Shout out to Breeze. Um, they, you know, Ray. Shout out to Ray. Shout out to uh, Jason. Shout out to Cardi. You know, these are people that are active in the chat, and we, we love and respect y'all and appreciate y'all. Um As football season's taking off, we're starting to see the elite. We're starting to see the worst of the worst. And we're getting a better picture of those guys that are in the middle fighting for those. Yeah, the ones that are still working it out. So a couple stats that I wanted to talk about. uh, First one being CJ Stroud, right? So CJ Stroud has the most passing attempts without an interception, and that is 186. So to put in perspective, that's more than Tom Brady, you know, more than Cam Newton, um, more than Aaron Rodgers, more than any of your favorite quarterbacks. 186 pass attempts, damn near 200. Most in NFL history as a rookie to start your career, to start your career as a rookie, by the way. it's just uber impressive to see that he's able to do this one without like a premier number one wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a guy that he can just always know, like a Devontae Adams, you know what I mean? Or like a Stefan Diggs where you just, you could look his way and be like, well, bro, give me a chance, you know, make a play. Um, he's doing that with a young team, with a rookie head coach, 
uh, and a fearlessness about him. He's doing it with the confidence, with the 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 understanding that he is the second quarterback taken off the board and the number two overall pick for a reason. Hell, facts. I should have been the first quarterback taken in this draft, but you guys went with who you went with, and I feel may maybe I better maybe I'm in a better situation. Who knows? Who knows? And he's having not as much of the impact. So I think he is having as much of the impact that Deshaun Watson had when he came into the league. Now, <clears throat> Deshaun Watson, Heisman winner, national championship winner. CJ Stroud, by the way, we saw how he lost in the semifinal to to uh, TCU to TCU to Georgia to, to Georgia. Georgia to Georgia. Sorry, um, missed field goal. Put his team in position, played his ass off, had his best game of his career in the most competitive game versus the best defense he's faced in his life to that point. Now, after that, we we realized that uh, he comes in the league, second overall pick. Again, Bryce Young out of Alabama with all credit due to him and as great a performance he's, he's been able to put throughout his college career and the resume he had leading up to the draft. Um he is a smaller quarterback, right? He is. You're taking a chance on a guy who's a little, who's a little shorter, um, who doesn't have uh, as big of a deep arm as Stroud, but who you feel that processes things better. Maybe can put it in a tighter hole, um, which Stroud is exceptional at that as well. Pause. So like, <laughs> I got you. So like, um, all that being said, I just want to give a lot of credit to what CJ Stroud is doing. And going back to my point of him having the impact that Deshaun Watson had, uh, that's kind of where I got lost in the sauce. But to, to finalize that is that he doesn't have as much talent as Deshaun Watson had when he was a rookie. So um, for, for him to be doing what he's doing, and, and there was a loss on Sunday, obviously, but he went down the field with a minute left, took his team down, and scored a go-ahead touchdown. His defense, you know, let him down and let up a, a game-winning field, field goal to Young Way Koo. So it, it works like that sometimes in the NFL. And but, but when you watch the game, you know, you realize how special of a player C.J. Stroud is and what he's been able to do through five weeks of his mm -hmm. rookie career. Um, D'Amico Ryans and the Texans, as much as they are, they are my division rival, D'Amico Ryans, uh, C.J. Stroud, and Will Anderson – will always have respect for me, even as a fan, you know, like obviously I like them as players and as me as a person, but as a Colts fan being a division rival, I have respect for them still. Those are like the guys after the game, I would go dap up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like everybody, you know, whatever, everybody else, but like, I'm gonna go and, and, and say my word to them. Uh, and I, and I wish both of them successful careers. And now that doesn't mean D'Amico Ryan's going to win in playoff game after playoff game, you know, but like, you know, give, give your team a, be, be a competitor and, and win, you know, be a winning team. And, and that'll push the Colts, the Jags and the Texans to have to do the same thing to keep up. Uh, I don't see a world. I never lived in a world where the Texans were better than the Colts or, or a bigger franchise and, and, and more meaningful or anything like that. So, I mean, yeah, shoot for it, shoot for it. Uh, we'll stay on the rookie quarterback thing. Let's do it. Actually, really quick, um, yeah, yeah. with CJ Stroud, he, um, I think this is a these next couple of games are, are very important as far as like his development goes, um, because you're playing, you you just lost to the Falcons in Atlanta, 
and you're about to play the NFC South these next three. Like you play the entire division back to back to back to back wow. type of thing. Um, because they go, they have the Saints at home, then they go to Carolina, and then they got the Bucks at home. So you're playing the, this division back to back to back to back. Um, I mean, hopefully, you know, he he game plans and he strategizes right with his peoples and and because these are teams obviously that play similar and they defend similarly because they're in the same division. Um, they might use yeah. different schemes and things like that, but I think that these next couple games are going to be big to uh, to his development specifically. I like that. So, listen, I wanted to I wanted to jump to another rookie because we were on that, but I was still on the stats. So let's stay on the couple stats that I found interesting. Um, the three and two Falcons, who are second in the division, and that's because the three and one Buccaneers who uh, had a bye week, if I'm not mistaken. I don't I don't remember them playing. <laughs> so uh them being on a bye, they're at three and one. The three and one Falcons, led by highly ridiculed at times, Desmond Ritter. Again, second in the division, in a division that is very winnable. And What's impressed me, what impressed me when I read it was that Desmond Ritter is 31 and 0 all time undefeated in college and in the NFL Word. at home. So he's 26 and 0 as a quarterback at home in Cincinnati and he's 5 and 0 as a starter in Atlanta. Oh, I like so that stat. That's that's I, and that's winner. That's winner. That's what that tells me. That's winner. That's like, do what you're, if, if you have any job or like, if you're supposed to do something, you're supposed to win games at home. Oh, That's why on. it's a home game. So criticize, you know what I'm saying? And, and you still, listen, he's, he's not amazing. He, he's not the best quarterback in the league. He does make mistakes, but he does win games and he is undefeated at home. So we have to give credit where it's due. Like, right. what that boy Coach I, I Prime like say? I don't know. I don't know. No grown man is just going to let no other grown man come in their own house and whoop him. <laughs> right. So two more stats. <clears throat> Dak Prescott had a had a abysmal game. I mean, against a great defense, I understand. But, geez, Dak Prescott. Uh, some of these throws that he makes are just extremely questionable on why he made that decision. Sauce Gardner, when he played the Jets, had a pick six, he dropped. And and some sometimes you get lucky and it doesn't show up on a stat sheet. But they didn't drop any of the interceptions that they gifted him or he gifted them. So this, one of the stats is that he was pressured on 37% of his dropbacks. When he, but when he wasn't pressured, he was 9 of 17 for 77 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, with a 25.5 quarterback rating. So, I mean... No pressure, only threw for 77 yards, only completed nine out of 17 passes, and had two interceptions. Like that. I don't know what he's seeing. I don't know if it's the arm that's just not – one of them, he just, like, overthrew his receiver completely and threw the ball right to the safety. It looked like a punt. Um, the other one was like a tip, a tip, a tip drill ball. That Fred Warner, who Fred Warner played an exceptional game. But Dak Prescott, I mean, the conversation last week, if you would have asked me, I would have been like, yo, Dak Prescott like had a lot of criticism coming into this offseason or into this, you know, regular season. 
uh, during training camp. Everybody was clowning him on Twitter for the amount of interceptions he was throwing at practice. It was like a highlight every day. And the Cowboys came out and had one of the more explosive offenses. They've been one of the best teams in the league with a great defense. They played the cream of the crop this week on Sunday Night Football when everybody was watching. And that is the result. 42 points to, I believe, 14 or something like that. 10, something like that. So, you know, you you can only look so far. Like, obviously, Mike McCarthy, I think he's doing a good job in Dallas. Like, his his tenure as as a coach for for now to me is is safe and i think he's done a good job um he's got a good staff dan quinn he's got kellen moore explosive offensive weapons three three interceptions you, it's hard to win especially against a good defense like that and an offense that has christian mccaffrey so i wanted to segue from three interceptions to something else but i'm segueing from you know, offense with Christian McCaffrey to the stat that I saw with Christian McCaffrey. Um, this last <laughs> stat that I have here is that 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey had lost a fumble last night. It snapped a streak of, here it is, 995 consecutive carries without a lost fumble. Ooh. Now, that's not a fumble. That is a lost fumble. A lost 995 consecutive carries without a lost fumble, which was the longest active streak in the NFL. He ended up scoring a one-yard touchdown on the next play uh, later in the quarter. And he became the fifth player in NFL history to score a scrimmage touchdown in 14 straight games, playoffs included. So, you know, just a couple couple stats. You good? couple stats. Absolutely. I got got a stat for you for CMC, actually. Um, Tied for the first place. Most touchdowns, eight touchdowns this season. You know who he's tied with? Can you tell me who he's tied with? Because it's uh, another. Hold on. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's hold another on. running back. Yeah, huh? he got, it's yeah. Who's tied with him with eight touchdowns? It's another running back. Devin A. Chain. Actually, he is. He's got seven. He has seven, but it's his teammate Raheem Mostert that has eight. His ex team. Oh well, oh, that's funny. Christian McCaffrey's or ex Forty Nine er Devin A Chain's new teammate Raheem Mostert with eight. Facts. Impressive. The Play Dolphins the actually best. have uh, three of uh, three of the top ten uh, touchdown scores this year. But and I, mean, I believe that, the third one will be Tyreek Hill. Uh, I, I mean, you know, not not even a question. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this: Do you miss him a little bit? I do, I do, man. We'll everything was just everything was just we'll more simple but yeah yeah we'll all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. those were the stats stats <laughs> are facts no emotions all right so um <clears throat> so i'm gonna segue real quick go 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 into this one because i was gonna do the three interception thing it's hard to win games remember when i said that just now mm-hmm. so when you throw three interceptions it's hard to win games it's even harder to win games when you throw three interceptions still put your team in a chance to win the game and then your coach just makes a bad decision to lose you the game and so we're not talking about the nfl this right now we're going to talk about the miami hurricanes and i don't even want to talk about college football this week because as as, as pissed like we had some good game and and honestly i'm sorry if anybody wanted to hear some college football i'm not in the mood for it i just want to talk about um and and the (laughs) blunder but we had some good games this saturday um and some competitive games that, uh, you know, we'll, I'll be glad to talk about things in the future, put it like that, maybe even Thursday. But right now, 
Mario Cristobal has to, has to, has to never, ever in his coaching career make that mistake again. It's It's been shown that we've done it in the past. They brought up videos. He's done it at Oregon. He's done it in, in this season multiple times. But granted, the game wasn't a one-possession game. It wasn't something that where if you do mistake this, you're risking it. Uh, that was The last time that happened was at Stanford uh, when he was with Oregon, and it lost him the game then. Now, I was out on Saturday night, and I didn't watch this game. I, I had it on my phone, was having some drinks, having some food. We were in Harlem. Shout out to my good friends. I, I I realized the first whole quarter, I'm, I said, damn, bro, we couldn't even score. We couldn't even move the ball. Can't score. Can't score. It's halftime. Three zip. I'm like, wow. Tyler Van Dyke, bro, I have to call you out. You know, three interceptions, unacceptable versus Georgia Tech. There was more to it than that. Again, you still gave us a chance to win. And and our defense played amazing uh, until, until the, the last. Everything was was pretty cool defensively until the last, you know, minute of the game. And uh, things went well enough for us until the last 30 seconds of a game. But I'll just Literally. finish off when you because I could go off and, and just snap and say, well, you're a fucking idiot. Like, no, I don't feel that way. You know, I, I truly don't feel like, like you're an idiot. I just think that I don't know what went through your mind and what gave you such confidence to be so airheaded at that time to think we can run the ball here instead of just kneeling the, the game. Like, we'll just kneel it out. Like, victory formation is a good feeling. And a quarterback's got to love victory formation. All you do is snap the ball and take a knee and game, like, is over. We're 5-0 and at this time, you know? Like, we're, we're this is our first ACC game. And this is one after a bad performance. We found a way to win. Like, if we win this game, it's a whole other story. We kneel the ball down, and it's wow. Listen, UM struggled, right? Tyler Van Dyke can't do that anymore. But resilience. Found a way to come out, face adversity, exactly. at home, night game, prime time, let's go. And even but, and even but, after, and I'm even sorry. after Haynes. Oh, you're good, you're good. Keep going. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But instead... I don't know if it's arrogance. I don't know if it's innocent confidence, but it's it's un that is just unacceptable, unacceptable to lose your team the game the the, the game that your team fought hard to win and put themselves in position to win. You lose the team the game. For whatever reason, I don't know what the reason was. And so I, that doesn't sit well with me. For those that say Mario Cristobal needs to be this, needs to be that, no. 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 He's a great coach. He's a great, great coach. <laughs> and I love him. I respect him. I appreciate him for what he's been able to do in the last year and a half, two years here at Miami. But Saturday, that that right there is like, because if, if if you if you know if Tyler Van Dyke throws four interceptions versus Georgia Tech and we lose the game, we're looking at Tyler Van Dyke. We're looking at Tyler Van Dyke like you oh, can't have one of those performances again, because we'll put in a quarterback that we think might give us a good chance to win, and we can't afford to lose another ACC game here. But the coach just 
not calling the knee, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't go out. It just so. What were you gonna say? I'm sorry. I apologize. No, you're good. Um, no, nah, I was, I was gonna allude to the uh, or uh, piggyback off of, um, what you were saying when like the entire game, the entire team put themselves in a in a position to win. I mean, you gotta think about um. Haynes King came into the game averaging about 300 yards through the air game, and he went 12 for 25, a buck 51. Like we we took half of his yards away. Like we did, you know what I'm saying? Couple two interceptions as well, if I'm not mistaken. We did everything. We did everything right. <laughs> we did everything right. Um, and and I mean this this is a big this is a big loss. I mean this like you said ACC game like. We would like we we win this game. We're in a much better position. We're fucking five and zero. We're, we're we got half the season left. But once again, man, um, that by I don't know what it is about us and bye weeks, bro. But we're two and seven since twenty seventeen, bro. Uh, after a bye week, and we play a regular season game. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if, like if, if that second week just isn't as strict or maybe the first week isn't as strict. I don't know what it is. Um, but it, it's 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 something that's definitely alarming when, you know, you get a break after like you said, after having a bad performance. And then you come out, you make a couple of mistakes, the team executes properly, but some way, somehow, you still don't come out with a W. And don't get me wrong, man. It's a lot to it's a lot to look at on defense too. Like we we fumbled, but they had to you know they had to make some shape. Absolutely. And they scored a touchdown. Like my to me, that's like the fumble deflate the call and the fumble just deflated everything. Energy just went down and belief was lost. And then you're just out there trying to, like, we got 30, 40 more seconds left. It's not sound. It's not sound. Mm-mm. And and as much as that is on the players in that predicament specifically, you it's the coach who put everybody in that predicament. And you have to take, which he did. He came out today and said that he made a mistake. He took accountability. I can appreciate. I can respect that. He had to, obviously. <laughs> what, the fuck, what are you gonna say? But at the same time, he did. Um, if you're if you're Tyler Van Dyke, do you do you do you you know, smart quarterback? You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, coach. Do, do you do you just shit on your coach and say fuck you? I'm taking a knee right now, or do you call the play? Call the play. Call the play. You are as a college quarterback. You aren't, you aren't, you aren't him. Okay. <laughs> this is a system. This is a system. And, and, you know, maybe I see Kayla Williams being able to do something like that, but like to tell Lincoln Riley, like, now, Tyler Van Dyke, maybe should have looked at him. Maybe, I mean, I'm not saying you can't say anything. I'm not saying you can't, you know, like, you sure? <laughs> you got you know you got a play caller in your ear and you go with this you know what I'm saying you go with you go with this you can't you know even look at the quarterback for for um, unfortunately unfortunately all right there's that let's get back to the NFL Facts. I didn't want to talk college football uh, other than that because again that that really just 
it ruined and crushed my night at the time because it was it was such a good night and, and just to know that that stain you know that that one lost stain is just off some dumbass fuckery like Ugh. excuse my language man oh and the big stain man a big stain like the it, it, <laughs> A big state on poll implications, but let's get back to the NFL. Let's get back to the NFL. Let's get back to the NFL. Yeah, man. Um, it was an exciting week. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't nothing spectacular. There was a lot of uh, lopsided, not lopsided, but you know, one-sided games. Um, we saw a couple competitive games, some one-score games. So it was. It was kind of like everything in, in all. But uh, Thursday night, we we didn't get to talk about this, but Thursday night, man, Chicago at home. I mean, excuse me, on the road in Washington versus a team who has been playing well, whose quarterback has been exceeding expectation and impressive in Sam Howell. I, I got respect for him as an NFL quarterback. I don't fuck with the college Sam Howell. Um, but as the NFL quarterback, he's come in and, and, and done his job and, and he's gotten some wins for his team. So, you know, credit to him. And on the other side, it's a quarterback in Justin Fields who's been at the forefront of the media uh, because of his production or lack thereof and his comments to what he said about his coaching. Um, and the Bears are just, you know, the laughing stock of the league at this point. The Bears. So, like, the Bears, you know, as much as, as much as you would think we don't talk about them, we are going to talk about them because this was the trap game in the Glocksmith group chat. They did call that. Uh, you come out here and put 40 points up on the Washington Commanders to send them to, you know, two and three on the year uh, and, and getting your first win. It's just it's just all too impressive. I mean, Justin Fields and uh, DJ Moore had an amazing game. And and it, it's something it's something you're happy for the Bears about because, you know, as bad as they have been playing, you never want to see a team just completely deflate, you know, four or five weeks into the season. And then, you know, the guys, just the locker room is lost and they're just not going to make things competitive for the rest of the year. You never want to see that for them to get this win and, and them show Justin Fields just smiling, you know, on the sideline after the game was like, you know, this is, this is good. This is good to see. And it's, it's healthy. It's, uh, they're still at a point where, I mean, hey, one and four. I've seen the one and five Colts, a team that I root for year in and year out, make the playoffs after starting one and five. They're at one and four. I don't think they make the playoffs, but they do have talent on that team to turn things around. Unfortunately, during that game, Khalil Herbert got hurt on a freak right. play where it was an underthrow and he kind of messed his knee up. But Justin Fields going 15 of 29, 282, four touchdowns. And DJ Moore having eight receptions, 230 of those yards, and three of those touchdowns, just all too impressive. But also, you know, you got to look at Washington and think, what, what what's going on here? Because you let up 451 total yards, 178 on the ground at seven yards of play, right? You won the first down battle, right? Uh, you had more plays, but you allowed five sacks, right? You had fewer penalty yards, but you had an interception and a fumble. So, mm -hmm. you know, time of possession was damn near the same, off by four seconds. And so with that interception and that fumble thrown, it, it just changes things. It just changes things throughout the game. And at certain points, you know, this game was good. It was competitive. It's not like 40 to 20. It got, it got ugly later, not late, late, but it got ugly later. However, it was competitive for a point. Uh, so 
you just gotta wonder what what went wrong for uh for the commanders there but shout out to justin fields and shout out to the bears for getting their first win um you know you got to be happy for them absolutely absolutely um you you go ahead no yeah i i actually wanted to point out one of my favorite games to watch and i think it's very funny that you know as most people know jaguar is a british sports car <laughs> i think you know where i'm it's going funny with this. <laughs> it's funny you transitioned because i was gonna do the, i ah i should have just went with my gut but we're running back. We're running back. All right. So, yeah, man, I'll, I'll just act like that never happened. Yeah, man. So, you know, the next game we're going to talk about, man, like, you know, you, you got to catch it, you know, at the casino, man. You, you told me at 930 in the morning you was at Classic over there uh, and, and you was just playing some blackjack watching the uh, the game across the pond and I featured uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, which as we know now, is a uh, British sports car and the uh, <laughs> Buffalo Bills, which I would say is an American uh, American treasure. So um, <laughs> how was oh, the, the 30 game, mate? Um, yo, I mean, it was exciting. It was cool. It was it was. First off, I think I think obviously, I mean, not even I think, but the the, the, the tone was really set in the first quarter. Uh, Buffalo came in outscoring their opponents in the first quarter this season before this game, like 34 to like 10 or 34 to like 17 or something. And they were held scoreless and they were held scores for half the game, just as Jacksonville was. Jacksonville just got a couple of, you know, executed plays and things like that. But they were held to no points in the first quarter. And I just looked at this. I'm watching the first quarter. The announcers come on and they're like, yeah, Jacksonville stayed in London this week. And the Buffalo Bills just got here on Friday. And I was like, oh, fuck, dude. Coming off of a trip that I just took, jet lag's a motherfucker. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it, it just looked and it seemed like Jacksonville was just so well prepared. They were just, I don't know if they took a trip to the Jaguar factory and, and got fine-tuned up. Maybe they were working out next to the cars or something. I don't know, man. But um, Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if he just loves playing in London or if the Jaguars just like prefer. Like, just move him to London if that's the case. Like, if we're going to have a game every week over there. And, so that's, and so that's what Colts fans are afraid of because they, 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 the NFL is talking about having a team in London, you know, and – they're like, yo, that's going to be the Jaguars. And I don't want to have to have my division rival be a thousand and, you know, 3,000 miles away. Yeah. That'd be rough. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. It's crazy. Um, And again, I mean, I don't want to say that homeboy that, you know, my homeboy, Josh Allen was Josh Allen. But I mean, I believe two picks. I mean, it's, it's. Hey, man, again, he's obviously, preaching, he's uh, preaching to Daniel's choir. Shout out to Daniel from the chat. Shout out to him. <laughs> Two picks. Choir, I mean, he's just I. Again, we 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 we've seen him in some amazing games. We've seen him in game of the year. You know, uh, last two years ago, last year, whatever. Um, <laughs> but we also see him in games like these, where you know, on an even playing field. Of course, like I said, they just traveled two days before. Jaguars have been there for like two weeks already. On an even playing field, um, you should be able to execute. And I know it's not an even playing field, but you didn't at the end of the day. Hey, and I'll say no this. One, no one cares about where you were. They, they're they looking at your record and looking at your stat line at the end of the day. Definitely. I'll say that this is a, this is a possible preview for a big playoff game coming in January. <sighs> and obviously you just mentioned – benefit of the doubt playing field wasn't necessarily so even right i don't want to hear it but 
<laughs> give the Buffalo Bills home field advantage, right? I don't know about a first round bye because that'd be a little playing field uneven, uh, Buffalo. But we 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 have tape from this season. These teams competing at a high level, and this Jacksonville Jaguars defense making it very troublesome for Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence, quote unquote, quoting Dan Orlowski. Played in one of the best professional uh, games he has as a professional so far in his career. Ooh. So it's just something to look at. You know what I'm saying? We've seen them compete against the Chiefs. We've seen them compete against the Chiefs in the playoffs. They made it a game this year. They didn't win it, but they made it a game. And we've seen them beat the Bills because the Chiefs and the Bills are two top teams in this AFC. thousand percent. Obviously, thousand the Dolphins percent. are right now. You know what I mean? And things like that. But just based on who's won it and, and, and where it's been the last few years, that's been the attention. Um, and that Bills team, you saw what they did to the Dolphins. So, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a it's a <laughs> AFC, and it's a talented AFC. And that's why I'm so in, in, intrigued to see what's going to happen. Like, you have an opportunity to win your division, Indianapolis, but you also have your backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew, who is the best backup quarterback in the league has to play the next maybe four to five to six weeks because Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson keeps getting hurt and can't finish all the games he's playing in. Sorry if I'm being annoying, but I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's something to, to look at. I don't think it's something to overreact to, especially as a Colts fan. I don't want to overreact, uh, to my to my team's franchise quarterback going down. Now, there's a lot of things in Indianapolis as Josh Jacobs runs in a two-yard score to put the Raiders up 16-13 with the extra point coming up. Jonathan Taylor signs with the Colts, and there's, like, huge news in Indianapolis this week. Okay, Jonathan Taylor's back at practice. Jonathan Taylor is going to do a practice. Uh, if, he, if he clears through two practices, he can play. They activate him off the, off the IR. He plays. Anthony Richardson goes down again. And it was a it was an AC joint sprain is what they're saying, grade three, which is tough because a grade one is probably similar to what Derek Carr had where he came out the game and was able to play this week. Um, still probably dealing with symptoms and, and sore, definitely. But a four- to six-week sprain is different. Um, thankfully, there was, you know, x-rays were negative. There was no, you know, serious damage. Uh, and it was just a sprain, but – you know, he he has he has missed the first game of his career versus Jacksonville. He came out of the game versus the Texans, and now he has uh, was one was unable to finish this game versus uh, versus uh, the the Titans. Sorry, and and you know how I feel about the Titans. We got the win, by the way. Shout out to the Colts. Uh, Big facts. Big facts. for first in the division, AFC South. Who would have thought? Is what I'm trying to stay here. And when I started the podcast by saying. We're getting to see who the great teams are in the elite. We're gonna see, we, we get to see who the bottom teams are, and then we're also seeing what the middle's giving us and who's gonna be able to be in that fight. I think the Colts are in that middle and in that fight, and they deserve the right for us to talk about them as such. Coming um, into this same. year, I think everybody thought this would be a tank job year. I think everybody thought that we'd have a, a top five pick in the first round next year. Um, and as a fan, I didn't believe that because I knew that we are talented enough. Now, I know that we're not division favorites and i didn't have us as a favorite i think jacksonville is like the division favorite definitely or i should say certainly not tennessee but 
<laughs> that you know, they lost a tough game yesterday, and now they're two and three. But they could have went up three two, uh, and and took that game from Atlanta after CJ Stroud delivered in another impressive performance. <clears throat> so it's up in the air right now where the AFC South is going to go, and if the Colts under Gardner Minshew with this five to six game stretch that we have, who by the way Gardner Minshew's two and zero as a Colts player, hey, what more can you ask for? Uh, he understands the offense. He understands how to help guys and communicate with guys. He has great relationships in the locker room. And we have a fair schedule for this five to seven week stretch. And if you want to bring those games up, I'd appreciate it. But I I can certainly see us winning three games out of this five. I can see us winning two. Like we're at least going to win two because I got to win the next one. Our defense is talented. We will win the next one. And I'm, I'm upset. I'm very upset. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Right. I, this just hit me. Anthony Richardson wasn't going to be able to beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville. I'll say it. Woo. We saw his performance in week one versus the Jaguars. It wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. He was He scored, but he also threw a turnover late. And he didn't do enough in his first NFL game. We'll give him that. His first yeah, career yeah. NFL game as a starter. Or NFL game in general. But the Colts have some bad energy when, when it comes to TIAA Bank in Jacksonville. Playing on the road against our division rival hasn't gone our way since 2014. Andrew Luck was our guy. We had a franchise quarterback. I do think Anthony Richardson is capable of beating this Jaguars team at home and on the road. But I don't think it was going to happen this year. Okay. Fate happened. And now he's going to miss the next four to six weeks, unfortunately. Maybe it'll give him like a, a learning curve. Like, yo, I got I to gotta figure out. Maybe I got to, instead of like slowing up through runs, I got to start being the hitter. Like, I'm running the football. I got to start running dudes over and, and, you know, taking command of, of the power that I'm dealing and not taking the hits, giving the hits out, you know. So he'll learn through that. But with that being said, Gardner Minshew being our starting quarterback, who's 2-0, Gardner Minshew was sent from football heaven to come to Indianapolis, (laughs) be there for us when we need him, and get us our first win in Jacksonville since 2014. That's that's literally what he's about. Give me a tough task and I will execute, coach. And I've seen nothing but toughness and resilience from Gardner Minshew. Didn't he play in Jacksonville? He did. Mm. He did. Mm. So you hopefully this week it. is personal for him. You're starting <laughs> to feel it. St- you don't think he could have been their starting quarterback? Oh, a thousand percent, absolutely. But 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 that's just the Colt fan in me. I'm glad they have Trevor Lawrence. Jordan Love is going deep, by the way. Christian Watson's back there. Ooh, they were toe to toe, and it was just a tough, great defensive play, and uh, it was going to be tough. So third and seven. Again, the Raiders are up seventeen thirteen beginning of the fourth quarter in Vegas. Jordan Love's trying to lead his team back to victory uh, and go three and two. If the Raiders lose this one going one and five, man, there's a conversation to be had there. Let's get back to Indianapolis. We were able to take care of the deal with <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, getting him that extension three year, 42 with 14 a year, 26 guaranteed, 26 and a half guaranteed. You got to love it. You know, like as a Colts fan, Hey, it, it, it's, it's our best player on the team. At the end of the day, he's a running back. 
at the end of the day, he has gotten injured. At the end of the day, Zach Moss, who went off in this game for over 150 rushing yards. Zach, Jonathan Taylor, who? Zach Moss has been going off since the second game of the year because he had a fractured forearm, and Deion Jackson was our starter. He did bad against Jacksonville and cut him. And then we get Zach Moss back from injury, and he starts going off every game. So shout out to Zach Moss. Shout out to Zach Moss on offense. MVP, Zach Moss. Defensive MVP through five, Zaire Franklin for the Colts. Tackle machine. Madden, you need to get his rating up. And 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 guys around the league need to start talking about uh, middle linebacker Zaire Franklin because what he does for this defense is unprecedented. It's similar to what Bam Adebayo brings to the Miami Heat defense. I'll say that. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Now – Huge divisional win. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but go Indy. We're three and two. Nobody would have thought Indy would be three and two at this point with wins over the Titans and the uh, the Ravens. We got an overtime loss in there by the Rams as well. So great effort, great energy from them. Uh, what's the next game you want to talk? We want to talk about your Chiefs, bro. You, you, hey, you tell me. hey. Um, I mean, what can I say? What, what 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 more can I ask for? This boy Isaiah Pacheco is he the stat line won't say it. You gotta watch the game. This boy is running for his job every single carry. And pause. And he's patient, right? He he waits for his blocks, he waits for his tackles, he waits for everything. Pause, he finds a hole and he's out of there, bro. Like it, it it's <laughs> I don't wanna say he's running like he stole something because that's kind of racist, but <laughs> We're not doing that, Jesus. <laughs> um, I I mean the the Kelsey the Kelsey and Swift saga obviously is not a distraction. I'm sorry I had to bring it up on ATS, but Kelsey is uh is doing what Kelsey needs to do. Ten receptions, sixty seven yards, and a touchdown. Um, he's in that list for uh for touchdown leaders as well. He's not a, as high up on there, but he's uh he has. Three touchdowns in these four games that he's played. So he's doing what he needs to do. Mahomes is Mahoman. I mean, I, I also I take it with the grain of salt these type of games because a wise man once said, I don't want the points for scoring on easy buckets, and it's the Vikings. And they were obviously one and three and oh and three at home. Oh two at home. I'm sorry. Oh and two at home. So I mean, you know, we'll take the win. Job not done, but we'll take the win. You're still muted, bud. My fault. I'm still muted. <laughs> I want to shout out the chat, um, Ray and uh, Daniel in the chat. Ray said, uh, "Yo, he's here for the halftime." And uh, Daniel said, "Kershaw is bottom tier in the playoffs." And I'm not gonna argue that. I mean, and and based on and it, and even if it was a "What have you done for me lately?" situation or a recency bias situation, does not help his case. So we'll go with that. And I'll I'll just say, Daniel, I wholeheartedly agree. Kershaw. Uh, is the damn? I was gonna do an NFL comparison, but couldn't find one. So, <laughs> Kershaw is Kershaw is Kershaw in the playoffs. He's the Julius. Re- All right, let me not. But um, <laughs> speaking of the Knicks, <laughs> I, think the, I think they beat the Celtics in uh, in preseason. I'll just go over the preseason scores tonight real quick since we jump back in the NFL and get out of here. But uh, they beat the Celtics um, by seven. And let's look at the box score real quick. Cause you notice Celtics got Kristaps Porzingis over there, ex ex Nick draft pick. Facts. And uh let, let's see, let's see how that held up for them. I'll, I'll get into the rest of the games later, but I I was intrigued by by this game and how it went. Uh all right. So 
We got leading scorers Peyton Pritchard. He got that deal and started going off now. He had 21 points. Delano Banton had 20 points for the Celtics. And uh, Svi Mikhailuk had 15. Um, there was uh, DNPs for guys like, you know, Drew Holiday, Al Horford. KP didn't play. None of the starters played, put it like that. And uh, the Knicks starters did play. <clears throat> Their leading scorer was Emmanuel Quickly with 21 points. And then R.J. Barrett with 12. Julius Randle and Evan Fournier had 11. So, um Real quickly, if I may, I know that there was another game that was intriguing. It was the OKC versus San Antonio. Obviously, Wemby versus uh, versus a boy, Chet Holmgren, who's going to be Chet in his quote-unquote rookie year because, you know, he, he got hurt last year. He put up a 20-point. That's a Victor Wembanyama put up a 20-point, five-rebound, no assist, 20-5 uh, effort, and Chet Holmgren – I got distracted because Jordan Love just threw an interception, but we'll talk about it. Chet Holmgren put up 27, nine rebounds and one assist. So it's good to see, you know, the, the young guys and the rookies <clears throat> doing what they got to do in the N uh, NBA preseason. Um, but as I just said, this is the second game with multiple takeaways in the last two seasons. Uh, the Raiders, for the Raiders, mm -hmm. that is. And, and this one didn't seal the deal by by any means. There's, there's, over, no. 10, there's over eight minutes to go. But Marcus Peters... It was a tip drill ball. Yeah, that, uh, those are always not like just nasty. Yeah, Spillane got his second interception of the game. Shout out to Spillane, looking like a player of the game right now for uh, Vegas. All right, let's let's uh, let's continue talking about the Chiefs, though. I mean, I Isaiah Pacheco, right? Like this guy, this guy, every single snap he touches the ball, he's like chopping. He's going hard, trying to run through somebody. And he doesn't quit until there's a whistle. He might give you a little bit extra after the whistle. So <laughs> you know, players like him have to be contagious as far as an energy that that's carried in that locker room, um, because there is a lack of you know superb talent that you guys did have and speed, right? So we've seen struggles. And and how do you feel about the questionable pass interference calls or lack thereof uh, for the Chiefs? Do you, do you feel like you guys are getting the, the, the lucky end of the stick, or do you think this is something that, that needs to be really further evaluated? I mean, Put for the sake of the... When I say further, further evaluated, let's be clear. I'm talking about the refs, because I didn't mention the ACC refs and how horrible they are. The, the fumble for the last play that Miami had, it wasn't a fumble. His elbow was down. His elbow was clearly down. And they reviewed it and didn't overturn it. So fuck the ACC refs. But... I'm asking you as far as the NFL goes, you know, do we got to look into what the refs are doing? Cause you know, Kansas city kind of keeps getting the longer end of the stick on these bargains here with crucial plays. So <laughs> what's that? I about? mean, I think, I think that for the sake of the game, it needs to be looked into. Um, but I think this is a conversation that, that, you know, media journalists we've been having for, for years now where it, it, it doesn't seem again, going back to the even playing field, it doesn't seem like the playing field is even, um, Granted, you know, I'm like you said on the longer end of uh or the better end of the spectrum. Um, a lot of the time, uh, gotta be looked into. I think for the sake of the game, it's nice obviously to be on the on the better end of the spectrum. That the, the Chiefs aren't known for, you know, blowing teams out and and you know putting up you know 
if, if we're putting up crazy numbers, it's, the team is probably put the you know the other team is probably putting up crazy numbers with us as well type of type of team you know. Right. Um, so it's definitely obviously beneficial to tilt to tilt the scale as they say and have a little bit of an edge. But for the sake of the game, I I I can't say that I that I like it. Fair. Um, I guess the last thing we'll point out is uh, before we get out of here, two things: how bad the Patriots are. Um, Thursday, we'll start talking about Bill Belichick and what's next for the Patriots and if they should even continue in that direction. Oh, but this Baltimore, that's crazy to think about, bro. It is end of a dynasty, bro. End of end of something, and it just ended very, very fast in a very ugly way. Um, but that's that's football. It happens fast. Everything in football happens fast, bro. Um, whether it's getting hit, turning around, and seeing seeing the ball. Pressure, quarterback pressure, uh, a running back's career, you know, you never know. Like, you don't get too many chances. And uh, those that do, you you better take advantage of them type of vibe. So, the Ravens, uh, man, what were you going to say? No, no, no. I'm going to close it out with it. I got you. Yeah, well, yeah, not close so it like, out, but. Yeah, I got yeah. you. The Ravens, um, you got any EPL for us later? Um, Yeah, I can go over a couple things. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, Something quick. Very concerning at the wide receiver position. This is something that they've put some effort in after after years of not even really giving too much effort with uh, OBJ injury concerns. Uh, I don't know. Is he done for the season? What's 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 the word with that? I, I don't know. Um, Zay Flowers having as good of a season as he can so far. I, I'll give him that. Mark Andrews with a few couple drops. Nothing crazy, but uh, Rashad Bateman. And Nelson Aguilar, you know, dropping touchdowns. It's just we saw about four drop touchdowns like yesterday, and and Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. having one of the best games of all quarterbacks in the league this week, not coming out victorious and only putting up ten points, only putting up ten points against a really good defense in in Pittsburgh. But this is a game that if Baltimore is any what serious about their season and and how they plan to attack the off season. And, you know, the juggernaut teams, they got to win this game. I mean, they got losses to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Colts. That's going to look bad later in the season when they're, you know, fighting for playoff position and, and they're, they they need to win two games or they need to – these are games you need to win. And the Steelers Absolutely. is a division game. Obviously, it's going to be competitive. We know it's Ravens-Steelers, right? Steelers are going to bring it. But that Steelers team is not a good team. We just saw that C.J. Stroud was able to really – Put it on them last week. So, you know, shout to George Pickens, man. I love George and Pickens think, over there. And shout I think CJ Stroud does get the get the dub this week. By the way, I put that out there on record. This coming, well, so we'll talk. We'll talk. They they go. They got a uh, New Orleans, and New Orleans is in. You know, this year teams that be putting up numbers one week, the next week they come out and they lay a, a goose egg themselves. So, uh, I'm look. I'm looking for CJ Stroud to ball out next week versus the Saints. You heard? Felt that. Felt that. Oh yeah, um, I, I uh, I'm good off the NFL. You know, we'll 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 join back next week with with, or later this week Thursday, um, you know, with with the preview for Sunday. I think week six has six has a nice schedule. We're, we're kind of shaping up to see, so that'll be intriguing. EP, do you mind just kind of closing things out with your EP's EPL segment? Yeah, Let absolutely. these boys know what's going around in the in the EP world. Uh, <laughs> EPL Real quick, world. because I can't, I can't, I, I gotta make sure I don't forget this. Uh, that mm-hmm. Chiefs win officially. Shout out to that boy Pat Mahomes, fastest player to ever beat all the other teams in the league. 
Oh man, that was, that was nuts. Yeah, Minnesota. He was the only team that he hadn't played in the six years as a starter, and wow. it's also a place where his dad, Pat Mahomes, pitched for the Twins as well back in the Dizzy. So, um, shout out to that boy, man. Just continue, you know, setting standards, setting you know expectations, um, for you know what a what a winner is in the league. <laughs> um, what nobody else can do. <laughs> for real. Um, Yo, shout out to I really all uh, this EPL, this EPL, EPZ EPL corner um is really just gonna be a shout out to Tottenham Hotspur because they are on a tear. In, in a league where you have names like Arsenal, names like Man City, obviously Tottenham is a big name. Um names like Liverpool, you know what I mean? Um names like Man United, you know, and, and Chelsea, even though they're going through a, rough, a very rough patch, not even a minor rough patch, but a very rough patch right now. Um Tottenham Hotspur Last year finished eighth in the in the in the league, obviously, and made some changes. Got rid of Harry Kane, who, by the way, is balling over in in, uh, in Germany for Bayern Munich. Um, Harry Kane, and, that's and, the guy that plays for England that missed the penalty kick. For, oh, <laughs> he chipped it, bro. Um, and it just really seemed no one knew what the saga was going, like the end of the saga was going to bring to 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 the football world, as they say. Um, like was Harry Kane just gonna ball out in you know in Germany? Was Tottenham gonna right. you know just continue to be middle of the pack in EPL? Um, and they're currently tied for first place with Arsenal in the league. Um, obviously we're you know early on in the season, but they are tied and they are on a tear. Um, Sun is going crazy. Um, Man City is going through some things. There's some transfer rumors of Erling Haaland and 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 a, a couple of things going on. They just dropped the game to Arsenal the other day. Um. You know, and they also, you know, have uh, have ooh, champions to think about as well to be concerned about. They want as many, as many cups, as many trophies as possible. Um, it's getting exciting. The weather's cooling down. We're going to start seeing some, you know, winter afternoon England games. And, 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 and it's that time of the year, man. This is exciting. Hell yeah. I just want to say Freddie Freeman is in a spot right now. It's a 3-2 count. There's runners on first and third. It's a three-one game, bottom fifth. This is this is where big-time players make big-time plays big-time for their plays. team in big-time situations. Um, I I gotta let this end of the inning kind of kind of go. It's three-two count, two outs here. Runners on first and third once again. Freddie Freeman at the belt. Let's see, at the at the plate. Oh, oh, right down the middle, struck him out. Jesus, that's a great pitch. <laughs> that's a changeup. Ooh. Mm. Wow, he didn't even swing. Got him looking. <laughs> Got him looking. And I know that hurts. So stuff like Froze that. Him. Just to, Froze him. Just to kind of follow, you know, finish things off. Like stuff like that is what shows like, yeah, this Dodgers team could get swept, bro. Ooh. Very much so. It's Freddie, you got to swing the goddamn bat. That's that's what I'm saying as a, as a dog. Like, come on. Bro. Oh, God. So with that being said, man. We appreciate everybody that tapped in, that will tap in. Uh, if you spent this amount of time listening to us, if you cut through the episode, whatever it was, whether you're on your way to work, whether you're on a workout, whether you're just chilling at the house, whatever you're doing, man, appreciate you supporting us and listening. And uh, we hope to always entertain as we uh, talk to y'all. So appreciate y'all. We out.